Welcome to this week's Amore Elite Podcast with Tony Maine. We have an absolutely fantastic episode here. For those of you that are warriors, those of you that love warriors, you might hear of a concept for the first time today. And I've got to look at my notes because it's complicated and I'm a simple man. Eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. It's a therapy. It's kind of a thing, but it's relatively new in, in the terms of um, therapy, relatively new, but it's working for our warriors. So we want to talk about it. And there's no one better that we can think of to bring in to talk about it. Somebody who's been a guest with Gallant Few at multiple vet expos, I believe. Uh, Mrs. Annette Hill will be back for another Vet Expo again in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, October 8th through 9th, because you're wanted. Well, thank you. And you're wanted because of your personal story, but you're also wanted because of EMDR. Tell me why EMDR is considered such a game changer for our veterans suffering with PTSD? Oh, first of all, thank you for all the nice things that you have said. I will try to live up to those things. Um, okay, so let me uh, make a couple of tweaks to the um, history of it. Um, it's, it's not new in the sense that it's been around since the early 80s, late 70s. Francine Shapiro mm -hmm. uh, conceived of this and it was really quite organic. Uh, she was, uh, so observant about human nature um, and she um, basically, I'm going to really cut short because I, I know we're limited on time. She basically is reverse engineering what happens naturally in the body. So if you, uh, and in how one assimilates, digests and becomes adaptive in their life, in their feelings, in the way they view things uh, about trauma, um, you know, depression, anxieties, all of that. We do it every single day. So it's it's not new in the sense that she's just reverse engineering what your body does every single day anyway. She was just able to figure out a, a methodology, a modality uh, and organize it. And it is the most researched trauma treatment out there. It's new in the sense that, um, you know, social media and things like that, um, popularize um, lots and lots of things. So things that have been around forever, we suddenly hear about. Um, the VA picked it up as uh, one of their standard of care treatments. I don't know, I maybe seven, eight years ago, maybe I might have that wrong. Um, so therefore it becomes more popular, but it is a treatment for actually any human being who has suffered with trauma because we all use the same brain mechanisms. So um, it is very organic in how it operates. And like a lot of modalities, um, you know, we are able to, through imaging, see in live time how the brain operates, about how neurochemistry goes to the front and to the back during phases of learning. Um, we are able to see how it operates in sleep. And, and the best metaphor, the best way to view EMDR um, because you can't really fully say why does it work 
right? Because we can't really fully identify every piece of what gray matter does, although we're getting much, much better. But you can have theories and then it's a matter of proving those. So the Reader's Digest is it's a, it's a type of digestion. So the metaphor I always use is I go to the physical body. Um, if I want to grow and heal, I will eat, which is the beginning of digestion, frankly, right? chewing your food. I swallow. It's a very momentary experience. It's conscious in nature. Um, and then I'm done. Uh, the more I do that throughout the day, the bigger my waistband gets because I'm a big eater. Um, but at night when I lay down, my inner, the center part of my body, the core does its magic. And when I wake up in the morning, the parts that my body doesn't need exit and my body has taken what it's needed to heal the parts that are not okay and the parts that need to grow. In some form or fashion, that's what EMDR does. So it's as old as a body. <laughs> so you've had this experience where you uh, had a rotten experience during the day, let's say a fight with your boss, <laughs> which will be hard to do, but you did, and uh, or a fight with your spouse or anything. You lay down at night, you're trying to go to sleep, your breathing is a little bit tense labored if you will you know you're because you're replaying it in your mind your your muscles are tense you keep trying to get comfortable you keep replaying it and rehashing it in your conscious mind you finally fall asleep when you wake up the next morning you think why was i so jacked up about that like like i i think about it now and i don't feel that emotionally my muscles aren't tight i'm not breathing heavy i feel actually more abstract about it more logical about it so in the same way that when you finally digest a, a heavy day of eating the day before Thanksgiving, you know, you can't really run and play and bend down and do stuff because your waistband's so tight. But the next day after you complete the process, you're able to be life and, and flexible and able to do all those things. Well, that's what happens. But the body, the brain has updated how it feels about it. And the way that it does it is in the dream state. So when you're dreaming, rapid eye movement sleep, right? We, we know that your eyes move back and forth. Both hemispheres are highly activated in your dream sleep. Uh, again, in my Reader's Digest plain language, it's shopping both hemispheres of the brain for references that will help you to say, the thing that I'm struggling with feels or felt like this, and it'll weave together a nonsensical story that in the dream makes sense, because it's pulling from weird reference points that, you know, like kids you haven't thought about for a million years or, you know, that kind of thing. But because of the way you, the, the things that you feel about that kid may be very similar to the thing you're dealing with now. So it pulls it into the story. So for instance, if you're, if you're dealing with a ton of, of thwarting or frustration in your life, a lot of veterans will say, we'll have the dream where they're trying to fire their weapon and the, and the bullet drops right out the end. Or most people will have the, I'm dialing the phone and I can't get it to dial or texting it, you know, trying to get help and my voice won't come out. Frustration dreams often have that thwarted, right? And it doesn't matter what the chessboard looks like. When you look at what you're dreaming about, it's very similar by theme to a handful or one big thing you're working on. Nightmaring where it keeps looping and looping is, again, in, a, in plain language, your brain doesn't really have a good reference point to say, if I pull in this other time in my life where I was able to have mastery, that I adapted, that I, I fought or I fled, let's say, um, it will, the storyline will play out in such a way that it can't figure out a way for you to be okay. 
So it kicks you back into awakeness, right? Again, very plain language. Um, so EMDR is reverse engineering that whole process. So now you're awake. When you're asleep, your neocortex, that outer crust of the brain, the middle part is limbic, right? The, the emotional part of the brain, the base brain, the reptilian brain or the ancient brain, you know, a thousand different, the somatic brain, if you will, the sensory part connected to brainstem. This part goes offline, the, the, the logical part, and it lets this part, all the emotions, what it smelled like, felt like, all the sensory, if you will, uh, about the memory of it, it has the stage. Um, when you're awake, this part is in charge, executive functioning, and it the front part of the brain is abstract and problem solving. It can inhibit these emotions, but all parts of the body, remember, have to digest, just like the physical body. Well, EMDR pulls this part back online, right? Because you're conscious. And through a set of, of techniques, if you will, um, steps, we identify the event, probably a present day or maybe 10 years ago or however long. And then we go along the thread to the earliest possible similar type of uh, core belief feelings, not the event itself, obviously, but the things about it. And we hunt for a, a continuum through your lifetime, which is, again, Shapiro so clever, right? Because if I can change one, the, the foundational belief, uh, no matter what I do, I'm not good enough, let's say. Let's say that gets installed in you at a young age. And when we look at the circumstances with your parents, it's like, well, that totally makes sense why you would think that. But you use that as a framework going forward and other life events, might come to the same conclusion. Therefore, you have that sense of distress, right? So if we change that back there, and I'm gonna use a metaphor, I always use the same metaphor, right? So because of consistency, um, what happens is everything beyond it going to your current life gets altered as well, which is fascinating. Again, brilliant people out there, right? I, I, I like to be, uh, invited to this moment because somehow I'm being, no, I just, I just got lucky enough to stumble across this because of my personal story and have felt that change. Um, anyway, so like the movie, The Sixth Sense, uh, Bruce Willis, and I can't remember the Haley Johnson. I can't remember his first name. Sorry. Slaughtering it. Um, anyway, so he, uh, Willis is a psychiatrist, the little boy. It's the movie where the, the, the key line is I see dead people. I'm not gonna tell you the end, but it has a surprise ending. And so we all in the audience have this experience of the storyline. We all interpret, key phrase, the scene's meaning based on our own references and what we're being led to believe. But at the end, we're given one new piece of data and everyone in the movie theater had the same experience at the same time. You go all the way to the beginning in the movie and you re-see all those scenes with this new piece of data and suddenly the meaning is completely shifted and you're seeing it from an entirely different vantage point and it all makes sense, but in an entirely different way. That is what happens with EMDR. And the result is that you are no longer anchored by the infection, we'll call it, the misbelief, the um, negative core belief, and therefore your emotions update, you feel more present, you feel freer. It's it sounds so weird, but when you look at it as a point of digestion, it happens every day. When you look at how you are when you wake up in the morning after, you know, 
you've had those experiences except for when you're stuck. So an EMDR clinician uh, will hunt for, where's your life not functioning, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And EMDR can be used for a number of things to include feared future events. So I've worked with a number of pro athletes who have anxiety about performing. So it's a, a, a technique uh, that uses the same parts, if you will, but with a tweak. Uh, we use it for addiction, for helping people uh, to deal with being triggered to drink. Um, but in this realm, right, veterans are getting a lot of airtime. So EMDR, the first study was, uh, I believe, with rape victims of rape. Oh, no, no, that's not true. Vietnam veterans, actually, then uh, victims of rape, and then uh, train conductors, oddly. You would think, what a weird population. So what would be the trauma for, common trauma for a train conductor? A huge accident for which they're responsible. Yeah, someone jumps in front of the train, right? And you that's think that it's, you're separated from a sheet of glass, so there's eye contact. I mean, I honestly... Right. And so uh, I've worked with uh, one professional, one train conductor and his thought, and he truly believed it is I should have been able to stop the train. So you walk through the logic. Oh, I see. And how much, you know, what was the speed and how much does it weigh and how did the brakes work and how does that work? Well, it really couldn't. OK, go with that. What's cool about the brain is that when you pull re reconstitute a memory, you know, memory bits are stored everywhere, comes back up. And when you add a new piece of data, it goes back forever altered. It's cool, right? And again, very brilliant people can show that after one 90-minute session of EMDR, the brain that was kind of hot and lit up in regions of anxiety and distress cooled down. What I also like about it is that the results are sustained. I... I have observed and, you know, uh, and you hear anecdotally and through studies better than a lot of the other modalities uh, because of that adaptive network. So that whole network of no matter what I do, I'm not enough. Um, I'm unlovable. I'm in danger. The world isn't so whatever that thing is that gets cleaned. And that was my experience. People, it feels, um, I don't know, it feels like magic. I don't know how to describe it, you know, where you felt horrible and then you feel better. But think about conversations that you've had with anybody where you were in conflict. When you hear a new piece of information, you're like, well, if I had known that, right, I would I would totally see this differently. So now you do know it and then you feel differently. Does that all make sense? Well, I'm not a doctor, but I think even I kind of get it. I, I think... Yeah. Maybe warriors can relate to this because it tells a story. Mm -hmm. Everything we do, we, we backwards plan, right? So we, we actually think in terms of what is the result that we want and then and then go back from that. And but then plan the destination. Yes, it makes perfect sense to say, if I come in needing some type of treatment, that this modality is gonna say, okay, well, we've got to reverse engineer why you're sitting. Because special operators, I think that makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. I think that's well, and what you're doing is a bit of the hot wash or the AAR, right? What we're doing is we're taking an event and we are, I always say it this way, you know, we're, we're taking it, we're looking at it from every angle. The way you see it, you know, is uh, like that. And so it may be harder to determine what it is. But when I show it to you this way, it still is what it is. But if I'm only looking at it from one tiny piece, 
we've got to get you to back up and get bigger perspective. And again, when you are doing it with somebody that is outside of it, you know, doesn't know you at all, it's interesting in um, how a person tells a story gives a ton of data, what they say, what they don't say, how they say it, it's fascinating. And I always tell clients, you, it will always make sense why you feel this way. It will be logical because emotions are logical. We, we don't, we're not told that, but right, they are logical. It, and so, yeah, but it, yeah. There's a book, uh, I don't know that I have it here, maybe at my private practice, it's called Getting Past Your Past. Uh, Francine Shapiro wrote it for people so that they could understand in extremely user-friendly language how the brain works, why it stores data the way that it does, and how um, how this process works. And there are assignments in there so a person can actually get started right now with untying this knot. And, and she will enumerate in there, or she'll, she'll say, you know, it's at roughly this point, if you're feeling this way, you might want to go see a professional. So. So if I if I'm a if I'm a warrior if I'm a veteran and I'm here I'm listening I'm hearing about this and I'm maybe I'm currently undergoing treatment or I'm I'm not undergoing treatment can, can I request to get a, a certain modality like I'm going to be triage so how do, how do I experience this treatment for myself to see if it'll work for me it's a great question. So uh, like a lot of things, I can request heart surgery, but I will now need to go to a heart surgeon. So you've got to go to someone who has that expertise. So, um, you know, not every clinician has that certification. So you want to, if you go to emdria.org, you can look up, you know, a zip code search and find somebody who has that training. So yes, you can request it. I actually get patients from other clinicians who don't have that training and all I do is EMDR and I send them back. So uh, kind of like going into a specialty. So yes, you can absolutely request any kind of modality. And what I like about EMDR is it embodies a number of things. It's narrative therapy, it's CBT, it's actually oddly a type of exposure therapy, but we don't have to go to the scene because if the brain is thinking about it in depth, even if it thinks about it for a second and then moves to something that's related, it doesn't know if it's really happening or if I'm just imagining it because your body lights up. But we, we're not at the plane crash or we're not in that combat zone. And, you know, it's, um, and it allows the brain to move at, as it moves rather than this rigid sort of telling the same story over and over again, which some of the other modalities try to desensitize um, and, and for some people that works, but I, you know, maybe it's just because I'm treating a lot of people who I'm using EMDR, they want it. It didn't work. Um, and this cleans up the whole house, not just a room, which is another reason I like it, but it's, uh, and, and somatic therapy, you know, SE, um, they, they, um, even mindfulness. Interestingly, I find that when people do EMDR, they have a better time of, understanding the whole mindfulness concept or people who have done mindfulness training, it's an easier slide in because they get this idea about allowing my thoughts to go where they need to go without judgment. Just let them go there. It's just, it's just retelling your own story, but while you're safe. Yeah. It, I, yeah, it's not a, a modality for everyone. Um, there is a whole um, host of things that happen um, in a session with a clinician 
before you ever enter into the trauma uh, resource development. So how do I calm myself down when I am upset or anxious so that if we touch on that yucky thing, you don't feel like you're going to lose yourself. Um, some people, it takes a while for them to get there. They're so activated, right? Or people dealing with addiction. You know, you've got to get the sobriety there first before you can then go in and get that thing. But this is oftentimes self-medicating to calm down my body because I don't know what, I don't know how else to get it to calm because every time I'm triggered, there I go. And so, yeah, it all makes sense. Well, I, I think, and I appreciate the overview. It's so important for veterans. It's so important for just for America to hear about and understand yeah. right, about the modalities that are out there, especially something that's worked, something that's been proven by science for if someone's receptive for it to actually take less treatments yeah. overall. I mean, and that's all in the science. And, and I'm not a smart person. I think most people listen determined at that. I'm, I'm a caring person and I care. You hear his core beliefs there. We, we would do well to, after this is over, we'll, we'll, we'll find that. Where's that coming from? No, the, the caring enough about other people to want to do a little bit of research, which, you know, it's so much easier to just go with anecdotal, but, but yeah. this is working. This is working for warriors, right? So we want to oh, ensure yeah. that anyone in the audience knows what's in their repertoire to ask for. If they see yeah. their business. We believe that the brain should be like have two biceps on it, right? That should that should be our little infographic because it needs it needs to be worked out with a coach, yeah. your coach. And if this is something that can get somebody closer to peak performance, optimal life. Oh yeah, crazy not to discuss it. Yeah, and you do it with so many other things in your life. You maintain, you clean it up, you get rid of the rust or the whatever you know, the wear and tear. You have to deal with wear and tear. You do it with your car, your hell, you turn your cell phone off when it starts to run slow. But you're right, because it's there's a lot running in the background. Well, that's what's happening when you have a lot of unresolved issues in your mind. And so to resolve them, the worst thing that will happen to you is you'll cry. You know, you'll feel anxious. Okay, well, let me say it this way. In the length of years, I've had four people that threw up, <laughs> uh, but they all made it to the bathroom. <laughs> But one of them was a teenager made to clean up a murder scene because her father was famous and didn't want to call in a cleaning crew. I mean, so she had been addicted until the time I get her and her body just, you know, I mean, come on. So, uh, but she's free now. Yeah. People will say, I want, I don't want, I want the past to be in the past. Um, it does it can be in the past, but you have to give it a doorway. It doesn't just happen because you suggest that it should. If I don't want to go to the bathroom in the morning, no matter how much, because I don't like it, how's that going to work out for me? If I don't ever do it, because I don't want to, I'll just let the, I'll just let my meal from last night just go away. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And it's, um, it's really doable. It's really doable. And I've worked with people uh, from a, as young as five all the way up and a lot of veterans and first responders, a lot, a lot. And uh, one husband, um, I, I had, uh, I have patients sometimes write what this feels like after. And uh, to a woman who's a SWAT cop in another state, her husband wrote, I have my wife back. Like she's been gone and hijacked for so long. Um, she's back. Every part of her is back. I can't believe it. What happened? How did that happen? It feels so, I don't know. 
Yeah, I think it's terrific. It right? sounds to me like a spiral from the point in time where you're at. Things were either spiraling kind of positive. Things grow. Thing, things grow. Things can grow positively. Yeah. Things can kind of grow negatively too. And that spiral, you can look at it from the outside going down and narrow, maybe yeah. someplace you don't want to be, or you can use your emotions in your past and have that positive outlook, hopefully, mm -hmm. so that it's always growing. And so the spirals starts with your past, but it has to start somewhere. Right. Well, and, and you know, this is why you, you do boot camp and you do academies because you want to see that in this horrible situation, I can have mastery and be safe. It's sort of like that, but again, reverse engineering by again, looking at something like, do you don't know what that is? Cause you only have that perspective. But if we turn it a, a bunch of different ways, your brain will learn, oh, that's what that is. And here's how, right? You get objectivity because we're oftentimes so close to an event, we, we just can't see it. And, and I always tell people, you know, you got through it. That's how the story ended. Now it may be that your pain is people you love didn't, and what do we what do we want to do? The brain is always looking for an action, an answer. And the longer you pro, you prohibit that, the the more spiraling down you're going to get. Right? The body has to learn and heal. It's how it works. Adaptive networking, right? And it'll 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 tap into your adaptive network, but you got to give it a doorway, um, so that you don't flood and harm yourself or or exist instead of living and that's where i think a lot of people are right now is they just exist you know yeah. well, I, I thank you for sharing today i thank you for making the time on extremely short notice i would say and it's much appreciated and i will let everyone know once again you'll be able to see annette um at bed expo october 8th and 9th i believe 9th is the day um that saturday um yep. where you'll be presenting mm -hmm. um it'll be streamed live Okay. Um, we didn't get to the the why we do what we do. I think we'll probably touch on it at that expo, and that's going to be a uh, you're not going to want to miss it. So, Annette, thank you so much you're for welcome. being here today. We we appreciate your time, and we just also want to take the time to say thank you to the sponsors who made this possible week in and week out for the Texas Silver Rush in Fredericksburg, Texas. Air Force veteran Joe Remy just has a fantastic job giving back to his local community and the veteran community through Gallant Pew Rangers program. Three Rangers Brewing Company um, in the mountains of Dahlonega, Georgia. Uh, got some door kicker IPA in my fridge um, right now. And Veteran Investment Planning, who's doing a wonderful job providing financial literacy to our veterans so that we, like our peers who may have went to college or started business, we can also learn that there's more out there besides TSP, VA home loan credit. There's other things that can help us live a financially stable and free life. So this is Tony May from Memorial Elite Podcast signing off, and we'll see you again, in fact, at seven o'clock with another edition. Take care and have a great day.